Hey guys, I'm Tara Wilson, and this is the Fierce Lab Podcast, a series where women explore what it means to be confident, capable, and strong. That's Fierce, and we're here for it. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Fierce Lab. Today, I'm joined by Debbie Jewison. She is a coach and consultant for female entrepreneurs and the founder of The Roots Group. She also has two other very successful businesses. We dig in to what it means to have a coach and the value of having a positive mindset. I hope you like this episode. Let me hear from you. Welcome, Debbie. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, friend. I am so honored to be part of Fierce Lab podcast. And we're doing this in person today. So the the topic of our conversation today is the power of coaching and a positive mindset. And I've told you this before, you are probably one of the most optimistic, energetic people I've ever known. From the moment I met you years ago at a at a luncheon where we were so fortunate to be seated next to each other, to when I see you on social, when I see you in person, you just exude so much energy and positivity. Where does that come from? Oh my goodness. So many people always ask me, where do you get all this energy? And, <laughs> and you're so happy. And well, on the outside, of course, it does look like weight. And I, I truly am a happy and energized, and optimistic person. Where does that come from? That is a really great question. <laughs> you don't know. You Have you always been like this? I have always been like this. I mean, when I, I will never forget this. I was in high school mm-hmm. and I went to Texas A&M volleyball camp. Mm-hmm. And on my team at the end of the camp, they gave out awards. And I had no idea they were giving out awards. I was just myself mm-hmm. throughout the whole camp. Mm-hmm. And at the end, they announced they were giving out the spark plug award. And you got it. And I got it. And I have to tell you, that was, I think, no joke, a turning point moment for me where I realized, hey, this is something special. Yeah. Like, this is a special quality. Isn't it really powerful when someone sees something in you that you don't see in yourself necessarily? And when they shine a light on it, A, you can never forget it. And to your point, it's it's changes can have the ability to change the trajectory of things for you. Absolutely. I think in that moment, what happened for me was I started believing in myself mm-hmm. and believing that having that energy and that that optimistic attitude was valuable, mm-hmm. not only for myself, but for other people around me. Mm-hmm. And that could help make my world and the world of others a better place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was a really impactful moment. And I remember leaving that camp just soaring, wow. absolutely soaring. Mm-hmm. And I took that back to my volleyball team mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah. And not in a braggadocious way by any means. But, but it would have been okay if you had. Right. Oh, well. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. Women are not good at tooting their own horn. Well, you want to quickly tell you, oh, but I'm humble. And I mean, it's okay to be humble, but it's also okay to say sometimes, hey, yeah, I'm a badass. Well, I did make sure and tell my coach. Good. As you should. <laughs> As you should, Debbie. Okay. So I mentioned you own Branching Out Events and the Roots Group. 
for our listeners, tell them about those two businesses. We'll talk about the third in a minute, but just brief summary of those two. All right. So Branching Out Events is a floral design and event production company. Mm -hmm. You would not believe how many times people say, oh, so you're a wedding planner? (laughs) No, I'm a floral design and event production company. Mm -hmm. So that's an important distinction. Uh, I founded that company in 2009, January of 2009. And what do we do? We focus on high-end event design, preferably full event design. That's mm-hmm. where we do our best work. And the Roots Group really wouldn't, do you think, would it exist if you hadn't originally started Branch? That is such a great question. It would not. Mm-hmm. Really is interesting how life's journey took me through everything I've been through with branching out. Mm-hmm. And to the point where I realized I had to ship shape with branching out and get it in order Mm -hmm. because it wasn't working, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure. And with the Roots Group, I realized with my own employees that I cared more about their personal and professional growth than I cared about designing the events anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's when I knew this is really what I want to be doing with myself Mm -hmm. professionally. So the Roots Group is designed to coach female entrepreneurs. And I mentioned that it probably wouldn't have developed had you not started branching out. So I know that in 2016, you were having a lot of success with the floral and event design company, but you've gone on record and said you had a mental breakdown in 2016. Now, I don't know if, I don't know to what element you would classify that breakdown, (laughs) Um, but what happened? Well, it's funny because you were actually in that moment, a a very significant player for me in that moment. I, at the time in 2016, it was summer. And at that point I had six employees and I still had so much on my plate. Mm -hmm. I was still consistently pulling all-nighters working till three or four in the morning. I had two very young kids. That was not easy for me to do at all. And I also had a friend, someone who was my friend at the time, offer to come in and help me Mm -hmm. and really help put a structure around the business, which I had no idea at the time what that meant, and help implement some strategies Mm -hmm. for, for healthy growth. And that was helpful. For her to come in and do that for me at the time. But looking back, it was very chaotic. Mm -hmm. The approach that she took was chaotic and she had great intentions, but it was very disorganized. It wasn't structured at all. The other issue is that this person that I was depending on as my strategic partner had a lot of health issues. Mm -hmm. So she would be there for two weeks and we'd get some really great, make some really great progress. And then she'd disappear for three weeks Mm. and she wouldn't be able to come into work. And of course, I knew she needed to take care of her health as her priority. But what that left me with is having all these people working for me, but I did not have the support that I needed Mm -hmm. to have any relief for myself. And I felt like I had no one to turn to, nobody who really understood how I felt in that moment. And I felt very lonely at the Mm -hmm. top. That's the best way I can describe it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 
I had no idea how to create the change I so desperately needed until I was at your house that night in August and you told me about a couple of books that could really change the game for me. And that moment empowered me to make a different choice Mm -hmm. and to change things for myself and my business. See, I love that. And you've just recently started telling that story, at least that's news to me, that in 2016, you had a shift in things for yourself sitting on the floor of my living room. I want to go back to something because mental health is a part of what is so important about Fierce Lab is having conversations around mental health. And, you know, you say you had a breakdown. I don't want to make light of mental health and breakdowns that people have, and they can come in a lot of different forms. For you, if you would, describe what that period from a mental health was like for you and how you were able to make the shift. That's a really great point. And I agree with you that we just can't make light of of mental health challenges. And it looks different for every person. For me, what it looked like and felt like, I can I can more so describe it from a feeling, mm-hmm. was a very heavy weight on my chest mm-hmm. constantly. Mm-hmm. I would wake up with that heavy feeling. I would go to bed with that heavy feeling. I constantly had on my mind what I was not doing. At the same time, I had a family. Mm-hmm. I had two very young kids and a husband to take care of, mm-hmm. and they needed my attention, but I didn't want to go home. Mm-hmm. So... I felt very helpless. Mm-hmm. Again, I didn't know what to, I, I knew how to identify the issue, but I didn't know what to do to get myself out of it. And that helpless feeling is really uncomfortable when you don't know how long it's going to last. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's how I was feeling at that at that time period. Yeah. You've said several things that I want to unpack in that. For you, the feeling was a heaviness on your chest. I describe it because earlier you said, you know, you're the entrepreneur and you it's lonely at the top. I can identify with that as well in running a company. And this this podcast is for everyone. But if you're running a company, looking to scale a company um, as a female entrepreneur, these parts of this conversation may resonate with you more. I describe the feeling as pushing a boulder up a hill with no one helping. And I've been through it. And and I share that. And you're sharing your story because I think it's valuable to other entrepreneurs to know this happens. It's normal. You're not the only one that experiences depression, sadness, fear, anxiety, or described as pushing a boulder up a hill or pressure on your chest because it is lonely and you don't spitball with your employees and you don't want to take it home to your spouse, do you? Gosh, that was key. What you just said is you don't want to spitball with employees or take it home to your spouse and that you need support. Mm -hmm. You need support that you can trust to hear you and be able to not judge you, but also tell you the hard things. Mm -hmm. And you can get that in a multitude of ways. When I've gone through it, I've sought professional counseling. I went for one solid year where I went every Tuesday and talked to a woman for an hour 
And I couldn't understand why it was taking so long for me to move through it. But she gave me some really great tips. And I'll share right now, just in case anyone's going through it. I couldn't move off center. I didn't feel like I was good enough to even try anything. Yes, I was going through the motions and making the day happen, but really getting myself moved off center was hard. And she shared with me to just do little steps, little bitty things. And she would send me home with homework assignments. And I can remember one Saturday just reorganizing a kitchen cabinet, one cabinet, not the whole cabinetry, just one. And the sense of accomplishment that I, and I went back to her and I reported in, I did that. And we slowly started doing more small baby steps and that really helped. So I've gotten professional help. I've sat down with friends like you and talked. And then the part that I think we're going to spend the most time today about is talking with and getting a coach. Yeah. And the, the idea of baby steps is exactly where everyone should start because when you are thinking about change as such a big unattainable thing to achieve, it's just too much. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe that's where I was back in 2016 is I needed to change, but I didn't know where to start and felt like it had to be such a big change. Mm -hmm. It was insurmountable. So are you saying that you started to make those changes by picking up the book Traction? I know you credit it with, I mean, is that where the change started for you? Or did you start talking to somebody? I mean, I think people want to know, how did you slowly move out of this phase where you felt like the world was on your chest? It was really several layers. Before I sat down with you that night, I had hired a coach, mm. a life coach. And what I think is so funny, before that moment when I hired the coach, I thought life coaches were just for people who had money to throw away. <laughs> and I felt like it was such a fluffy mm -hmm. um, person to hire. Mm -hmm. Little did I know what coaching really was. And now, I mean, I have the utmost respect for it as a legitimate profession. Mm -hmm. So I did hire a coach based on the suggestion of a friend. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we were working on me as a person, but not really on the business. The book opened my mind to all these possibilities of what you could do with your business that I had no idea even existed because I did not go to business school. Mm -hmm. I have a kinesiology degree. <laughs> I have great instincts. I'm a hard worker. Yeah. I have a lot of common sense, but I did not go to business school. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. So you were actually a high school volleyball coach prior to starting your own businesses, correct? It was actually middle school. So we are talking 14 and 15-year-olds. Okay. A lot of hormones. Oh, so much hormones. I actually love middle school kids. So many people are like, middle school. Mm -hmm. But for me, it is all that quirky change going on in their lives that I absolutely loved watching them grow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me... Competitive athletes are very much like female entrepreneurs. I love it. Keep talking. So when I sit and think about the athletes that I was coaching, because these weren't just middle school 
players. Of course, I coached at the school, but I also coached competitive club volleyball. Oh, okay. I didn't know this. Um, and, and those parents are paying big money and they want their kids achieving. Mm-hmm. So not, and it's a huge commitment, lots of practice. You spend your weekends in tournaments. So these kids were high achievers. Mm-hmm. They were ambitious and they were driven by goals. They were goal oriented. And when I think about the entrepreneurs that I work with, mm-hmm. Or I think about successful female entrepreneurs, they have those same qualities. Mm -hmm. They are high achievers, they're ambitious, they're goal-oriented. But with all of that, the the real key to success from how I see it is they take action. Mm -hmm. So they're not all talk, Mm -hmm. you know, and and they take action. And they're disciplined and committed mm-hmm. to take that action. And that's even harder. But as an athlete, you need a coach to help you get to the next level, to help you um, see your blind spots, to improve your weaknesses. Entrepreneurs need that too, right? I mean, are, is that some of the things that you do as a coach is help female entrepreneurs see those weaknesses and shore those weaknesses up? Absolutely. That's a huge part of what coaching is. And I would say in general, coaching is all about helping other people reach their maximum potential. Mm -hmm. So for some people, they want to create a small change in their life. Someone like me, I wanted a big change in my life. Mm -hmm. So I sought out the help of a coach. And entrepreneurs most likely want to create some sort of change in their business as well, Mm -hmm. which I always say is linked to your personal life if you're an entrepreneur. Mm. The two are very interconnected. Okay, tell me more. So, you know, in coaching, in pure coaching, as it was intended by the founder and creator of coaching in the late 80s, you really want to speak to the persons who... Who are they at the core Mm -hmm. of their being? Okay. Who are they in their mind and their spirit? What a lot of people focus on is the what. And the what is your conduct. Mm -hmm. It's what other people see on the outside of you. It's what you're putting out there to the outside world. When you can speak to someone and connect them to who they are at their core, they start behaving differently. Mm -hmm. They are driven by their values and they are driven by who they want to become ultimately, Mm -hmm. not necessarily what they want to become. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing about that is when someone is driven by who they want to become, it doesn't always necessarily align with what they think they need. Interesting. It's very interesting. So when you're calling, your who can be in alignment with your conduct, which is your what. Mm-hmm. You start living in, an, in integrity. That is what it's called in the coaching world. And in integrity is when you're living in a state of complete and whole. Hmm. You are living in feeling complete and whole. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. And you know what happens? To the what, to your outside, you start becoming more attractive 
other people. Mm. It's very interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to dig it's into... deep stuff. It is deep. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> where do we go from here? No, no, it's very valuable. And, um, you know, it reminds me a little bit about, is it Simon Sinek that wrote Start With Why? Yes, and I have not read that book. Can you believe that? Uh, no, I actually can't. <laughs> but he talks about your why. Like, you know, people will buy why you do something, not what you do. Yeah, and that's very similar to The Who. Mm-hmm. The Who is also about your why. Mm-hmm. What's really driving you? What's important? Your passion and your purpose. So that is deep stuff, and that's deep from a coach. <laughs> and so, you know, I want to ask, what is it that a coach would do for you as a female entrepreneur and not help you do as a female entrepreneur? I think a lot of times um, people have this perception, I'm going to hire a coach and they're going to tell me all the facts and figures that I need and the statistics that I should have. But what, what you just explained to me sounds a lot like counseling and and not a lot like facts and figures and you need to be at this stage in your business. So what are some of the things that as a coach you do and don't do for entrepreneurs? First of all, I'm so glad you're asking this question. I want everybody in the entire world to listen to the answer. <laughs> okay. I'd like, I'd like the majority of the world to listen I know to the you podcast would. too. Go ahead. So there, the most common misconception about coaching is that it's consulting. Mm. And I do provide both services for my, for my female entrepreneurs I work with. Okay. Coaching is about listening to your coachee, your client, tell you what's going on, where they are, where they want to go. And then you ask them questions to dig in deeper so that you can help them get to their point B. You want them to get from point A to point B. You're asking them questions that propel, not probe. Okay. So this is interesting, isn't it? It's not necessarily important for me to keep digging and digging and digging into what you're telling me. What's important is that I ask you the right question. Okay. That's going to propel you forward. There's a science to that and an art. It's very interesting stuff I'm learning. And a consultant is someone who will share their experience with you. And some consultants will tell you what you should do. Mm. They'll look at your situation, use their experience, use all the knowledge that they've accumulated and tell you what to do. That is that is a succinct and phenomenal description of the two. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you think so. <laughs> I do. I do because um, a consultant to me sounds like a quick fix. Ooh, ooh. Not that yes. there's anything wrong with it. Sometimes I need the quick fix. I need to know how am I going to deal with the rapidly changing environment, let's call it COVID in March. What am I going to do? I needed a quick fix. I needed advice, guidance, experience. Okay. You're so right. And you know what? That is what consulting is. And that's fine. Sometimes that's what people need. In fact, I just spoke to somebody on a discovery call two days ago, Mm -hmm. and that's what she needed. And she emailed me and she said, you know what? This isn't what I need right now. It's I don't need another thing on my plate, which isn't necessarily what coaching is. Right. 
But she just said, I just need someone who's going to tell me what to do right now. And I said, I understand. I respect that. Mm-hmm. I'm here for you when you need me. Right. Coaching is a much more long-term solution. And I can tell you that because I've lived it. Mm-hmm. I have lived it. And what my coach did for me was change my who. Mm. Who I am at my core, she brought out the spark plug in me mm-hmm. that I found way back in high school, I think and I had lost it. I think I'm going to nickname you Sparky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start referring to Debbie as Sparky from here at this point forward. You're right, Debbie. You have, I mean, Sparky, you uh, have lived it. You have lived coaching. I mean, the thing I, one of the things that I admire about you is you're a big believer in like adult continuing education. I've seen you attend a lot of workshops. I know you read a lot of books. You're often on your Instagram account, recommending books, showing your followers, you know, the different ways that you're continuing to educate yourself. Why is that important for female entrepreneurs to continue to educate and to continue to explore? Why do you think that should be important and part of the the package of growing and scaling a business? I'm going to answer that question by sharing first a guiding principle from coaching. Okay. And that guiding principle is the belief that people live in their own perception. So when you can bridge the gap between what you know and what you don't know, in that gap, there is possibility and opportunity galore. Mm. So the gap between what you know and what you don't know lives all this possibility. Correct. And what happens and and why it's so important to be continuing to explore and educate ourselves and be curious about the world around us and all the subjects that are out there is you really will grow and maximize your own potential when you can broaden your perspective. Mm -hmm. Not just broadening your perspective to learn about all those other subjects or topics, but broadening your perspective, this is the bigger part, to what's possible. Mm. That's the in-between. And it's a really, if you can stop and really think about that, when I heard this guiding principle for the first time, it really changed my approach to listening to our family dinner conversations where all that happened was my husband and children debating topics, especially political ones. Okay. So I would just sit back and I would just watch them and I would listen. And it was very interesting because what I was doing is I was exploring the way my daughter thought, mm-hmm. going to an art school in Dallas the way my son thought, going to a Catholic boys school, and the way my husband thought, being a corporate attorney. Mm -hmm. And all of them had their opinions. And I was able to watch them have that conversation without judgment, Mm -hmm. just watching it happen and observing all of their responses and point of view. And I had takeaways from each one of their points of view. Nobody was wrong. Mm -hmm. They just all lived in their own perception. Mm -hmm. Now, I was able to watch that conversation without judgment and without getting involved and getting upset. But none of them were. Mm. I hope they're listening to this podcast. (laughs) But what you can do if you broaden your own perspective, you're opening your mind, there's magic in that place, is you might learn something. 
from the other person on the other side, mm-hmm. from their perspective. Well, and you, like you said, you open yourself to possibility. And I think for female entrepreneurs, sometimes, and I'm very guilty of this, I limit what I'm thinking. I limit my possibility. And that's the other part of this podcast that I want to talk about is like this whole concept of positive thinking. There's a book, it's called uh, The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. I read it in high school and it forever changed me because it is about being positive. And sometimes I lost sight of staying positive. It's really easy to get negative. And especially as an entrepreneur, when things are tough and hard, sometimes it feels really good to just complain. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, being optimistic. Now, I'm going to go really deep and tell you that this August, I reread the book, The Secret. Oh, my gosh. That is so funny because I reread the book, The Power. Okay. Also written by her. Okay. Yes. So I have a good girlfriend. She's just launched a business. And every time I turn around, I'm like, read the secret, get the secret, read the secret, listen to it. I don't care what you have to do. Just start to embody the beliefs of the secret. And a big component of that is positive thinking, reinforcing like positive things and gratitude. Oh, yeah. How do you incorporate gratitude and positive uh, reinforcement? into your own life? And how do you work with your clients to embrace those things as well? That is a great question. And I, I am a huge believer in the power of positive thinking. I have a morning ritual. And part of my ritual is journaling. Mm-hmm. And in that journaling, I make a practice and an intention to um, write about my thanks and gratitude mm-hmm. for for that day, for the previous day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll thank my guardian angels mm-hmm. for protecting me the day before. Sometimes I will thank the universe for my cozy couch, my cozy couch and warm cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I will say thanks and gratitude for some big significant thing that's yeah. happened in business. I, th- I think for me, I've started the gratitude practice this past August. So I haven't been doing it very long, but every night I run through all the things that happened in my day that I'm grateful for. Some are super big and monumental in the impact that they're having on my life and on my business. And others are just small. To your point, you're, you're saying thank you for this warm, cozy moment that I just had earlier that brought me just a, a few minutes of joy. When you start to embrace finding gratitude in not only your everyday, but in the small details of life, it's a lot easier. I'll be driving down the road and I'll get a thought and I'm, it was like the thought that I needed. It's that light bulb moment. And I'll literally say out loud, thank you. You know, it's just, I find $5 stuck in my pants as I'm doing the laundry and I'm like, Thank you. You know, absolutely. It's the little things. Mm -hmm. And a long time ago, I want to share a really easy little exercise my coach taught me. And it has to do with both being present Mm -hmm. and practicing gratitude. When you're feeling yourself really having that heavy weight, or you're just a little annoyed in the (laughs) moment, whatever level of negativity you're feeling, you have to first be aware of it. And after you become aware of your state of being in that moment, you find something in your environment and focus on it. Mm. So it might be 
your purse, for example. Okay. Okay. It can be something as simple as the purse. I'm naming something I'm looking at right now. And you start saying everything that you're observing about it. The purse has a snake on it. The purse is black handle. The purse has Gucci symbols on it. Then you start, it sounds so silly, doesn't it? But then you start saying everything you love about that item. Mm-hmm. You know, I absolutely love the detail on that snake skin. It is as if someone has hand painted that on there. And that person must be so talented because the snake is exquisite. I love this. And okay, so you're taking it one level deeper every single time. Guess what happens towards the end? You start feeling better. Mm-hmm. So you can do that with something as simple as a handbag or a chair or a pillow or a brick on your fireplace. Finding the good in it. And you completely change your state of mind mm-hmm. like that. So I live on a street that there's a bike path and a running path. And I'm seeing people constantly. And I, a few years ago, really did a mind shift. And because I'd be driving home from work and cranky and this, that, and the other. When I see people on that running path, I'll say in my head, good for them. Good job. You're doing great. Keep it up. And if I'm out there running, <laughs> I'm probably that crazy person that's high-fiving you that you don't know. <laughs> but I get so much energy from that. But like flipping the script is so powerful, is it not? Oh, that is one of my favorite tools mm. is flipping the script. Mm. And so you asked how I implement gratitude and power of positive thinking in my business. Mm-hmm. I share all of these techniques with my employees, particularly my two employees who are at a director level, Mm -hmm. they run the business. Mm -hmm. So I have shared every single bit of wisdom I have about both gratitude and positivity with those two women. Mm -hmm. And they have really changed as individuals over the past several years as a result. Mm -hmm. And you know what? They're more positive leaders. Mm -hmm. And that affects our whole team the productivity, the culture, the mood, mm-hmm. how we are on site yes. when other vendors are complaining and dragging, you know, our team is peppy, mm-hmm. high energy, and great spirits, and we're having fun together. Mm-hmm. We're doing the hard work, but we're having fun. Yeah. That's the trickle down of it. Yeah. Leadership is top down. And it you're really doing is. It well. Now, I noticed that on your Instagram account and even in person, right, you have these mantras. Like I read recently, you wrote a couple of things. You said, I can handle life's experiences with grace and ease. And another one is, I imagine goodness. So how can and do mantras like work for you and can they work for other entrepreneurs? So for me, I started implementing mantras Several years ago, when I heard about this as part of Jack Canfield's Success Principles Mm -hmm. book, and he wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. Success Principles is a thick book, and it took me a very long time to read it, but it's full of great nuggets. Mm -hmm. I mean, one after another. So I started really adopting mantras as a result of that. It's as simple, really, as starting with what do you want most? Mm And then thinking about a feeling you'd like to achieve Mm -hmm. and then creating a mantra from there. For example, last year, my mantra was, I am healthy, wealthy, wise, and faithful Mm. beyond my wildest dreams. And what happened? I started feeling that way. 
I started feeling healthy, wealthy, wise, and faithful beyond my wildest dreams. And when I say wealthy, I don't mean just money. Mm -hmm. I was wealthy with gratitude. Mm -hmm. I was wealthy with positivity. So that mantra, when I was feeling negative, Mm -hmm. when I would feel myself going down that, that negativity road, I would become aware and I would repeat that mantra. Mm -hmm. I also printed those mantras out. I put them all over the inside of my medicine cabinet in my bathroom and I have a vision board. So I put those mantras everywhere. And here's the thing about a powerful mantra. When you can attach it to a feeling. So if you can imagine that your body is soaking up that Mm -hmm. feeling like a sponge, Mm -hmm. you're becoming rich and full with that feeling, Mm -hmm. the feeling that you want as a result of having that mantra. And that will help you maintain the momentum Mm -hmm. to go wherever you want to go. Yeah. In the secret, they refer to it as like a frequency that we're all We're all energy and we have a frequency. And if you aren't sure what frequency you're on, check in with how you're feeling. How do you feel? Do I feel negative? Do I feel anxious? Do I feel happy? Do I feel joyful? That feeling will tell you what frequency you're on because the frequency you're on, you are on is what frequency you attract to yourself. Oh, seriously, the law of attraction, we haven't even begun to explore that. I know. And another way of putting it that she put it in the power is imagine it, believe it, and receive it. Mm -hmm. I love that one as well. And so the sponge, the sponge piece that's super important is you want to make sure you are staying anchored in that feeling. Mm. So you are filled up with who you want to become. It's when you lose that feeling Mm -hmm. that you literally dry up and start going to that negative place. And it's hard to get back on track and stay motivated. So I love that. Like be a sponge and soak it in. And our previous conversation, I thought of this quote, decide what you want to be, do, and have. Think the thoughts of it. Emit the frequency and your vision will become your life. It's very powerful mm-hmm. and very simple. So simple. So simple. <laughs> and do you know what? I had a little aha and boiled it down to a very simple mantra. And I said, see the good, be the good, do the good. See the good, be the good, do, do the, the good. good. So your focusing on the good mm-hmm. and you start becoming better mm-hmm. and you start doing something good out in the world. Is and that why you start, started your third business, Branch Blooms? Okay, believe it or not, yes, that's a huge part to do with it because during the midst of the coronavirus in May, I started noticing a lot of other floral design companies shifting and launching weekly floral services of some type. Mm -hmm. And that's never been a goal of ours at Branching Out because it just doesn't fit our business model. And it really throws a kink in our weekly workflow. Mm -hmm. It's just not efficient. Mm -hmm. So 
meaning floral delivery. I can call, get a, a bouquet from you and you deliver it to someone as a gift. Okay. Correct. And it just really would throw our weekly workflow off when we had to stop and deliver flowers during the middle of the week. Right. So it was a service we never offered with branching out. So I started really brainstorming and thinking and getting curious with myself. Mm -hmm. Is this something we need to do? And then why do I want to do it? Because I was not about to start some branch of the branch (laughs) and not understand or have a bigger purpose behind it. Because I knew because everything I know about um, coaching um, that it would not be sustainable Mm -hmm. if I did not have a powerful why. Yep. So when I was in these moments of contemplation, I read a book and I only had to read the first chapter and it's called Contagious. It's an incredible book about how ideas go viral. And it's not necessarily just all good ideas. Mm -hmm. It's even how bad ideas go viral. Mm -hmm. And it could be viral, whether it's person to person or on the internet or whatever. So in this book, he talks about the power of something good Mm -hmm. spreading and how you can do that with your business. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I know exactly what I'm going to do with Branch Blooms. So we had this concept going with branching out. I'm going to bring all this together in a second. Branching out all the leftovers we would have from the weddings, we would create what we called flower bombs. Mm-hmm. And we would make little bouquets with the leftovers that were still in fine shape and drop them all over town with a label that said, free, take me home. I'm free. Mm-hmm. I've seen this. You've been flower bombed. And I realized with Branch Blooms, that was the, that was the key is that we needed to give people flowers that they could give away to someone else Mm. as a gesture of peace, love, and flowers. Mm -hmm. So with every Branch Blooms purchase, you receive a tumbler cup full of white daisies. It's always white daisies because it had to be simple Mm -hmm. to to be sustainable. And it's in a really cute tumbler cup with our logo, peace, love, and flowers on the side. And you get a little note card that tells you what to do with it. That's called a little happy. Mm -hmm. And then you take that little happy and you give it to someone else. You fill out a card that says, I'm giving you this little happy because. And when you do that, you get such a rush of positive feelings. Mm -hmm. And so does the recipient. So you are what we call it, flowering it forward. Oh, I like it. And so, yes, that is really what ignited me to really take action and move forward with branch blooms. I was unsure before of that moment of aha, but once I knew the why behind it, Mm -hmm. that we could create a positive ripple effect in our community, it was easy. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of work, but it was easy to do the work. So something I'm noticing in talking to you, Debbie, is you really live within your purpose and within your values just like you know you said i started a third business but it really it had to resonate with you it had to be something that would have an impact and and your coaching business has an impact it's like they they're three separate businesses doing three very different things on the outside but when you look at them at closer inspection 
these are all just extensions of you. And they aren't separate and diverse. They deal in different things, but they all go together. Well, I've never really thought about it that way, but that's very nice of you to say. And I suppose there's truth to that. So if I was going to own that compliment, I will say you're absolutely right. All of them are about inspiring and motivating and empowering others Mm -hmm. to live a better life, have a better business, enjoy a better experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. You just said something that I didn't even know we were going to go into. If I was going to own that compliment, wow. How often do women get compliments and they dismiss them? Oh, no, no, no. That's not me. Oh, oh, you, oh you're so nice. No, no, no. <laughs> you just let me give you that compliment. And then you said, I'm going to own that compliment. Have you always been that way or have you worked to get to that? And if you've worked to get to that, how do our listeners learn to get to that point too? Well, I definitely had to work to that. And how did I get to that point? I really feel for me, it all goes back to when I set the intention for who I wanted to become. And I did the work with a coach and I educated myself, started training myself, empowering myself to become that person. Mm That when I felt bold and brave, which was were the two original words I set for myself back in 2016. Mm, bold and brave. When I started to become the words that I would set for myself as the intention at the beginning of the year, I was better able to own the compliments that surrounded those words because I knew with humble confidence that I had become that person Mm -hmm. and I was able to own it better. Are these skill sets that you teach and work with your coaching clients on? I mean, I want to kind of wrap up this conversation in a nice little bow. We've, We've talked a lot about positive thinking, words of affirmation, having mantras, doing the work on yourself knowing that you're not alone, so asking for help, seeking help. Are these things that you help other female entrepreneurs get to and get through and thrive in by working with you as a coach? Absolutely. I will say with a caveat, most people come into the coaching relationship and that's not what they expect. And I have to explain what coaching is, just like I've explained to you today. And that does take a bit of time for people to trust me Mm -hmm. and to really have the experience of coaching. And through that experience, they come to understand the deeper purpose of coaching. A lot in the beginning with with entrepreneurial clients, we're talking consulting things, Mm -hmm. which I do both. Um, But what happens, because I also am a coach, is I will hear an opportunity in the moment. Mm. I will hear an opportunity in a consulting moment and I will say, would you like to be coached on that? Or I hear an opportunity for you to be coached. Mm -hmm. Would you like to shift gears? And even if we shift gears and we move into a coaching conversation, the opposite may happen. 
And I would say, would you like me to answer that question from a consulting perspective? So I have an obligation to the credential company (laughs) organization for coaching that have given me my credentials. I have an ethical obligation to make it very clear to clients in that conversation what role I'm serving Mm -hmm. so that they understand and respect the difference. Mm -hmm. And, And that to me was very interesting when I started the coach training program. I had no idea why that was important. But now I really do understand it because coaching and consulting are so very different. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel the combination of the two for me does allow me to provide the most value for female entrepreneurs. Okay. Because not only have I lived the coaching experience, I have lived the entrepreneurial journey. Mm-hmm. And in both experiences, I am going to own that I have come out on the other end stronger mm-hmm. and wiser and better off for it. Mm-hmm. I love that. What three resources would you recommend to female entrepreneurs that are looking to take their business uh, to the next level? Well, I'd like to be able to give you a few different uh, resources from different outlets. Okay. Of course, I love traction, but a, a book that I ran across recently that was really powerful is called Atomic Habits by mm-hmm. James Clear. Yep. I have not read it. Really. A lot of great things about it. Really impactful. His personal story is very inspiring. And what he has chosen to do with a really challenging situation mm-hmm. is incredible. Incredible. Um, the I, I value simplicity. And the approach James Clear takes to um, taking baby steps towards bigger change is very simple. Okay. So I love it. You know, everybody out there loves Shark Tank on TV, but the one I love is The Prophet with Marcus Limonis. Oh. Again, very simple approach to business. Okay. He talks about people, product, and process, and just those three things. Okay. And... That man owns so many different businesses, but on the profit, he goes to businesses who have reached out and need help, and he offers them his help, and they don't always take it. (laughs) I've learned a lot from that book, or from that TV show, and from him. Okay. And my favorite podcast, aside from The Fierce Lab, (laughs) is How I Built This. I love How I Built This with Guy Raz on NPR. If you're not listening as an entrepreneur, and even if you're not an entrepreneur, if you're just fascinated by people's stories and how they've done it, it's the best podcast you can access. So many lessons learned. And okay, another guiding principle in coaching is people have common ground. People Mm. share common ground. Mm -hmm. And if you want to feel that you can relate to another entrepreneur, listen to that podcast. Oh my goodness. I was listening to the podcast with a woman that started Supergoop and just the trials and tribulations that she went through to get her product into Sephora and then other major retailers. And like in that moment, I was like, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. And as we've talked about, as entrepreneurs, you can often feel very lonely. I remember feeling that same way when I listened to the podcast about the woman who started Lara Bars. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the resilience that that woman had. And I thought, resilience, mm-hmm. that is what she used. 
And that's what I'm going to use. And I'm just going to keep forging forward. Mm -hmm. It's very inspiring. Well, speaking of inspiration, how do you stay inspired to have continual growth? I really challenge myself to stay engaged on a regular basis with materials that are going to help me continue growing. So for example, every morning I have my morning ritual and that not only involves my journaling, but it also involves reading a book of some type, whether it's an inspirational personal growth book or whether it's a historical a historical book or even if it is a business book. But that is when my brain is most fresh And so I have made the commitment to read every single morning. Mm -hmm. Again, it's all about um, broadening my perspective. Mm. So soaking in the information, not quite knowing what and when I'm going to use it, Mm -hmm. but just just expanding my horizons and perspective. And I also read every night before I go to bed, Mm. not necessarily as perky as I am in the morning, but that practice of staying committed and disciplined to just open a book every morning and every night has been really impactful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, what matters most is not that I read the entire chapter. Mm. What mm. matters most is that I do it every morning and every night and that I read even one sentence. I think reading is so very powerful. The last five years, I've really stopped watching TV. Um, occasionally, I'll pop in a show, but I try and spend my downtime reading. So I'm a big fan of Warren Buffett and his friend, Charlie Munger. And Charlie has a quote. It's really amazing. He says, in my whole life, I've known no wise people who didn't read all the time. None. Zero. It's very true. It, it Reading, reading is incredible. I never did it as a child. However, when I started reading When I sat down with you and you introduced Traction, not only was that a pivotal moment for me in my business, but believe it or not, that moment launched me into the understanding that knowledge truly is power. Mm -hmm. And even, even though it took me all those years to really understand that, now I just can't get enough. Yeah. Yeah. Can't put it down. Debbie, the question I close with every podcast is, what does the word fierce mean to you? So for me, fierce means being unafraid and fearless. And as a woman, the ultimate in being fierce is being strong and confident. Now, what I'd love to challenge your listeners with is to take whatever they feel is fierce, whatever fierce means to them, and anchor those feelings with a mantra and a visual. Mm. Challenge accepted by me. I will come up with a mantra and I will put my visual together. And here we go. I will share it (gasps) on the Fierce Lab Instagram account after your podcast airs. Will you do the same? Absolutely. And tag Fierce Lab? I can't wait 
to see what you come up with. Okay. And yes. All right. And for our listeners, wow, I love this. Um, Would you put together a mantra and something that's anchored in a vision? So whether that's a vision board or one individual image that connects to that mantra, share it on your Instagram account and tag us, Fierce Lab. Um, And we will share those back with our listeners and we'll make sure Debbie sees them for sure. Let's create a ripple effect mm-hmm. of fierce women. Absolutely. That sounds fun. I love also. It. <laughs> Debbie, you've been great. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me today and telling me about your experience and how you've gotten to where you are and how you've grown the Roots Group and what you're doing for female entrepreneurs. I'm honored that you'd spend this time with me. Well, I just can't thank you enough for the opportunity and the platform to come on and talk about all these really important things for female entrepreneurs to use on in their own life Mm -hmm. and in their business to create something better than they have today. Mm, I love it. Thank you. Thanks, friend. Thanks for listening today. If you liked this episode, do me a favor and subscribe, leave a review, or tell a friend. With your help, we'll grow the Fierce Lab community. And I would love to stay in touch. You can find me on Instagram at Tara M. Wilson.